When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, it's Saturday night. Dan Lobby is here with Mary Kay Cabot, Douglas Maurice, and this is an emergency pod. Maybe you've gotten our daily training camp pod, but we're doing an emergency pod because not long after we recorded our daily pod, we come to find out that Nick Chubb has agreed to a contract extension. So Mary Kay, let's just start this off. What have you kind of figured out about the terms of this deal that Nick Chubb signed with or is going to sign with the Browns? Well, three years, $36.6 million, $30 million in total guarantees, 20 fully guaranteed. Um, and that might be the signing bonus. I'm not exactly sure about that yet. I have to get that figured out. Uh, it hasn't actually been signed yet. It's just agreed to. Um, but they've been working on, they've been getting close for about three days or so. And I've been, it's been like a, a, I've been watching this pot boil for three days um, and, and kind of waiting for it uh, to get done. But anyways, it broke tonight and um, you know, it, I think it's a great deal. I think it's a great deal for the Browns and it's a great deal for Nick. It gives him an average of about $12.2 million in the new money of the deal. And, and that puts him right up with the best running backs in the NFL. And we, I think we can all agree uh, that, that he belongs in the conversation with, with, you know, the Dalvin Cooks, the Derrick Henrys, and those guys, because that's right about where he is, depending on how you uh, look at it. Again, the new money average would be sixth in the NFL, right after Derrick Henry, who's at 12.5. Nick would be at 12.2 if you just factor in the new money of the deal. But if you turn it into, uh, you know, four years and you include this year, uh, then that that changes the picture a little bit. But still, it's a good deal. Um, you know, I'll be interesting to see that the structure of it, uh, I'll, I need to find out a little bit more about just how it breaks down. Uh, but we weren't sure. I mean, we were not sure if they wanted to pay Nick Chubb double digit millions all the way through, uh, you know, this will take him through 2024. Uh, you know, it's not as long as some deals, but we talked about that. We talked about it being a shorter deal and it is, it's a a three-year extension. I think that's a win-win for everybody. So, Doug, when you see, I know you love talking about other people's money mm. <laughs> and, and budgets and all that. But I, I mean, look, I think Mary Kay made the key point and 12 million was around that number that I was thinking. Yeah, I guess I was just curious if there would be a, a standstill. If like the Browns said, we're going to pay you like Derrick Henry, because that's sort of what we think you're like. But Nick Chubb said, I don't care. I want to get paid like Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but it seems like uh, certainly it wasn't very difficult for them to come to terms on a deal. So I guess just when you see the news, your first thought. No, it, it feels like a great deal for the Browns, for sure, that that McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara remain in this top tier, this sort of $15 million group. And then there's this second tier of $12 million guys, 12, 12 and a half, that's, as Mary Kay said, Cook and Henry and now Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon's in there, Aaron Jones. That's like that second tier. And boy, oh boy, like second tier for the Browns, like 
like no doubt about it, right? I, the thing that it's the Ezekiel Elliott contract that scared people off running back contracts, but Ezekiel Elliott got six years, 90 million, 50 million guaranteed. So this is half as long, like half as much. And so this is a no brainer. This is, I, I, I guess, I always thought that when you got down to the nitty gritty of it, you know, again, Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb is awesome. Does he catch the ball as much as some other guys? Is he the best goal line back in the world? Like, like what he does, he does very, very well. I just didn't know if he would be like, nope, like you said, nope, I want Zeke money. That's it. And then that could have been dangerous territory. But it feels like they hit the sweet spot here. It's shorter deal. He can get to that next contract. And, and while his legs still work and his body's still healthy and maybe break the bank then, but man, this, t- if I were the, like the Browns have to be Mary Kay right there sprinting <laughs> to the table to get this signed. They've got six pens lined up for Nick Chubb because this just feels like an unbelievable deal for them. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, once again, uh, we've talked about this so many times that uh, in the world of analytics, they don't really love to, to go too, too high, too crazy high in the second contract for a running back. I mean, a lot of times it doesn't really quite work out the way that you hope it will as you get into later years, but you're talking about him uh, turning 29 in the last year of, of this deal. And he should still have plenty of uh, gas in the tank by then. And if they keep Kareem hunt around uh, for several more years too, uh, that takes some wear and tear off of Nick's legs. And I think that, I think that will be key to do that. Uh, as you know, as he moves forward, you don't you don't have to run him into the ground. You can try to keep him fresh throughout the life of this contract, so that you are getting your money's worth when you're in 2024 and you're still paying him, you know, whatever the uh, whatever the base or whatever is going to be then. And again, you have to look at the structure of the contract when it actually comes out to see what's happening with it and you know what those amounts turn out to be. Um, but we always talk about the average, you know, guys, you know, that's what guys want. They want that, you know, you want to be the highest played paid in your, in your position group, or you want to pay, be in, in, right in that second tier, like he is here. So, so the 12.2 or the 12 point, whatever, five, depending on how it shakes out. I think that is pretty good for, for a running back that once again, is not the dual threat type of running back that he's not going to go out there and catch 50 passes for you a year. He's a pure runner, maybe even the best pure runner in the NFL. But I, I think this is a good deal. I, I think this, uh, first of all, I think there's some really interesting things here. I think, first of all, we are starting to see, I think, a clear line being drawn in the NFL between the Alvin Kamaras and Christian McCaffrey's. And obviously, Doug, like you said, Zeke is the outlier. But the Kamaras, the McCaffrey's, the dual threat guys, and the runners. I think we're starting to, because right, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, they're all at 12. These pass catchers, the guys that are dual threats, they're they're creeping up over 15, 16. But the other point here is that age 28 season is so important in these contracts. And you said, like you said, America, he's going to turn 29 in the final year of this contract, but it's going to be on December 27. Mm -hmm. So technically that's his age 29 season, but it's not really. And when you look at Derrick Henry, when you look at Dalvin Cook, that age 28 season is kind of the breaking point. It's not necessarily where the contracts end, but it's like, oh, they can get out of this deal. And I guarantee you, without seeing this structure at all, 
I guarantee you in 2024, the Browns have almost no cap obligations. Like they, they, they'll be able to save money if they want to cut Nick Chubb in 2024. I guarantee you that's how this is structured. So to me, this is just, this is just a smart deal for everybody because they add three years. So it's essentially a four, you know, they get four more years of Nick Chubb and I'm sure they're going to have flexibility if not after two years, most certainly after three. Yeah. I think that um, I think once we get a look in it, at it a little bit more and we can dig in a little bit more, we'll find out how those guarantees work and how the, if there's some bonuses in there to keep uh, we've talked about that before, you know, to, you know, some incentives to keep uh, you know, to keep him fresh as you get into those later years, but you're right. There probably won't be very much dead cap space in that final year. Um, And I, I just think it's, you know, Nick, said that he wanted to stay here. He didn't want to mess around. He wanted to get this deal done. So he didn't want to turn this into a, you know, let's hold out and try to get Christian McCaffrey money. He, you know, he's pretty darn happy, I think, with $36.6 million, including $30 million guaranteed. And again, a way to to boost that up a little bit as he goes forward. Doug, doesn't it just kind of feel right that Nick was the first one? Yeah. Right. I mean, there's the there's the idea of that he's the second round pick instead of the first round pick. Right. Like Denzel and Baker. So there's a little more urgency there. Is that right? Is that. Is that yeah, yeah. 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 Right. No, no um, option. But but the right. I mean, we all kind of know what the deal is with Nick Chubb. Right. And like the way Mary Kay said it, it's like he feels like he wants to be here and he feels like he's not the kind of guy who wants to mess around with this stuff. So it, it did feel like maybe this was almost too easy and you take it. <laughs> Right. But man, it's like, well, if this was this easy, let's just roll up. All right, Denzel, step up to the plate, baby. Baker, step up to the plate. This contract negotiations, this is child's play. I I don't know that anybody else will be this easy because it just feels like for a lot of different reasons. I know someone on Twitter suggested this. I don't know. I mean, he had a pretty serious knee injury in college, right? Right. I mean, I think you go through that it's like, do I want to mess around? Do I want to risk stuff? Or do I want to get some guaranteed money and, you know, protect my family? And maybe, maybe you go a little, right? I mean, like I, who knows what factors into the thinking, but it feels like what factors into the thinking is that Nick Chubb is like a dude who is not a squeeze the last dollar out and be distracted and worry about that stuff. Like, I don't know how this stuff works, Mary Kate. Would he have just told his agent, get this done before the season starts? Right. Like, I don't want to be worried about this. Like, whatever, you know what I'm worth, but just get this done that maybe not everybody would approach it that way. Or maybe I'm being naive, but it's a yes. Of course, it feels appropriate that it's Nick Chubb first. Well, you know what? He's got some really high powered agents in Brian Errol and Todd France. So I think that Nick probably just let them go out and get the absolute best deal. Uh, that they thought they could get. And I think the key here is to, to knock that one, to lop that one year off of it so that he can still hit free agency when he has really just kind of turned 29. Uh, you can still go out and you can get another signing bonus. You can get more guaranteed money. You can get somebody to pay you if you still have some tread on those tires. And like I said, I think the key for Nick Chubb is that he's got somebody that he can split some of those reps with and that they are not going to run him into the ground over the life of this contract. They will not do it. I mean, they will always, I think, try to have some type of 
like really good backup like Kareem. Maybe it will be Kareem the whole time. Um, but, you know, I mean, you see the amount of carries that Dalvin Cook gets and you see what Derrick Henry gets in the yards that they generate. Um, Nick will always have, I think, over 1,000 yards, but I don't think they're going to try to squeeze 2,000 yards out of him as they move forward. I mean, they're going to recognize uh, what they have in him and try to preserve their investment. So Dan, the thing you said about like the age 28 season, do you think this like worked out perfectly that like Nick Chubb and his agents are like, Hey, we don't want a contract that extends past age 29. Cause we want to get on the free agent market. And the Browns were like, Hey, we don't want to <laughs> sign you to a contract that extends past age 29. Cause we don't want to pay a 29 year old running back. Do you think like they both sort of agreed on that idea from opposite sides? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually a good question because I've always thought about it from the front office side, but you're right. Like Mary Kay has said, you know, when these guys get to age 28, if they've still got something left, if they're still effective runners. If Nick Chubb happens to be Adrian Peterson and he's going to be able to run till he's however old, then yeah, he's going to get another contract and he's going to get another signing bonus and he's going to get more guaranteed money. So yeah, I, I think it does benefit Nick Chubb as well. Cause you don't want to hit the market as like, a 31 year old running back or a 30, like those two years can matter. Uh, that number three in front of your age I, matters. And so, yeah, it's, it's going to benefit Nick Chubb, I think too, because look, I don't know. I've said it before. We always say this running back is the one you have to pay. And then something happens and that running back falls off. But who knows? Maybe Nick Chubb is the running back you had to pay. And maybe he is Adrian Peterson. And maybe having Kareem Hunt so early in his career is going to change the trajectory for him long term. I don't know. But I, yeah, I mean, this is a great deal for both sides. And the other thing to consider, too, is that this team expects to be really good uh, throughout the life of this contract. So he's not like in the olden days, Brown's running backs only had to play 16 games. Well, now he's going to have to play not only 17 games, but then three or four more games too, as you go throughout the season. So uh, it's going to be a situation where if, if you want this to be, uh, you know, a good deal moving forward, you, you, you really have to uh, platoon him a little bit, keep him fresh. I mean, they're even doing that in, in camp right now. I mean, he didn't, he hasn't been in, um, he has not been in team drills for a couple of days. I mean, they're just being really, really smart with him. And that's what you have to do. If you want to keep these guys healthy, as you mentioned, Doug, he had a major, major knee surgery in college. I mean, that thing was horrible to the point where, you know, some people wonder if he was going to play again. Um, and then, you know, so that he did miss the four games last year, but he's been incredibly durable since coming back from that knee injury that people weren't sure he would. Let's talk about this. Let, let's do our emotion spinoff here. Doug's emotional podcast spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> is this important for the Browns? Because, and I've always thought this was part of the idea of paying Nick Chubb. Now you're not going to do this if he's not one of your best players, but does this send a message to the locker room that if you do everything the right way and you're productive and you do your job and you're tough, smart, and accountable, like they like to preach, you're going to get rewarded. Does that matter, Mary Kay? Well, I mean, it, it matters to a degree. In, in a perfect world, you hope that's how it works out, that you draft players or you sign really good players, and then you, know, you keep them at the right price for as long as you can. And that will be the plan here uh, because they have really super smart capologists 
and they find a way uh, to, to work the system so that they can sign all the players that they want to sign and, uh, and keep all the guys that they want to keep. I mean, doing a deal like this with Nick Chubb doesn't really preclude you from doing anything else. They knew that they wanted to do this and they know what else they want to do too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle it moving forward because, you know, you've got the two big receiver contracts next year. And as we've said before, you cannot pay everybody double digit notes and you just can't do that. Um, but they're going to be able to pay the guys that they want to pay. And if there is someone who you think you might have to let walk, and we've talked about this, I mean, Wyatt Teller could be somebody where, you know, he knows he can get something on the open market that they just aren't willing to pay him. That's one of those where, okay, if you can get it done, great. If you can't get it done, uh, he might be one where you might have to let him test his, his market value uh, before you can agree on a deal. I do think the idea that, so basically he got the same money as Derrick Henry, right? I mean, it's very pretty basically, basically the same kind of thing. And that Derrick Henry is doing it by himself and is leaned on. And I know Chubb was hurt obviously last year, but Derrick Henry last year had 378 carries and Nick Chubb, who again missed four games because of injury had 190. So he had like half as many carries as Derrick Henry and got the same money. Right. And so that I do think that that to me would be good for the locker room. Like, listen, man, we're going to spread it around. We're going to do different stuff. Maybe your stats aren't going to be there, but we're not going to point to your stats that we sort of held you back on because we spread the ball around and then be like, well, your stats, we can't pay you 12. Here's an offer for 10. We're going to try to lighten your workload, do what's best for the team. And then we're going to pay you like you did have a hundred more carries last year because we know you could because the year before he did, you could. So I do think that that sends a message of like, just win, just do your job at a high level, whatever we ask you to do it. And we will compensate you like you're one of the best dudes around. We're not going to play compare stats. We're going to play compare football players. And that seems to me, like a way to win and to keep guys focused on what matters. Yeah. And you know, the other thing to consider here, you guys, I mean, they drafted Nick Chubb, they developed Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb. Every time you talk to anybody in the organization about Nick Chubb, uh, he sort of transcend, transcends the position. He embodies the spirit of what they think a Cleveland Browns player is. And uh, I mean, there's just no way, that you would have wanted this to not have a really happy ending with Nick Chubb. You want this to go well. And, uh, you know, in some ways he, he's the face of, of the Brown. I mean, I know Baker is uh, really, but, but Nick Chubb is too. I mean, he, you know, this is a, a running back tradition, rich Cleveland Browns football team. And he just, you know, he just fits in that mold. He's old school. He does, you know, like Joel Batoni was saying, he keeps his mouth shut. He does his job. There's, uh, there's something to be said for all of that too. And I think you pay a premium for that kind of a guy. And I do think there's a middle ground here again. Again, it's like, it, it's so good on both sides. It's almost like, well, I don't know. What do we add that? Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Nick Chubb, I do think you have to, when you're a front office, you can't just pay people because fans like them because that's the way to lose. But you can't pretend that doesn't matter. If Nick Chubb, if they had not gotten this done and Nick Chubb had left, the Browns, 
could have made the AFC championship game and fans would have been super angry. Like this is their guy. As you said, Mary Kay, everybody loves Nick Chubb. Who doesn't love Nick Chubb? So then it feels like maybe Nick Chubb and his agents could have said, you know what? You better sign us because you know who's going to be super mad. Every one of your fans, it's got to be 14 a year, not 12. But then if it gets out that Nick Chubb is like playing hardball and demanding 14 instead of 12, then it doesn't feel like he's Nick Chubb anymore, right? Then it's like, ah, oh, that's not the guy I thought he was, right? Like it was like Kawhi Leonard with the Spurs. Everybody got thought Kawhi Leonard was a certain kind of guy. And then like, he was like, I'm not playing anymore. And he forced a trade. People were like, what? Like it to keep up both sides of the thing. Again, it made sense, I guess, to do it this way. But Mary Kay, right? I mean, it, having a jersey of a guy you love that you don't have to burn because he didn't sign a second contract here, it's not number one on the priority list for Andrew Barry, but it's on there. And like Nick Chubb, it feels like didn't try to take advantage of the love to get every last nickel. Why? Because he's Nick Chubb, which is why everybody loves him. So it's a loop that keeps on looping. Yeah. And like I said, I think the, the three-year nature of the extension, uh, it, it helps to know that you will still be at an age where somebody will give you some money, some guaranteed money. And so you'll have more millions coming uh, at the end of of this pot of gold. Okay, we'll we'll wrap on this because I always like to look at like these things. These are moments in the NFL where, you know, we talked about the Nick Chubb extension for how, I mean, forever, right? And there's moments in the NFL where you got to show your cards and you got to, this is how we feel about this. So the Browns, just extended a running back, a very reasonable contract, as we expected. They <laughs> traded up to draft a linebacker in the second round that they might have taken in the first round had Greg Newsom not been there. What is going on here? But what, what have we learned about Andrew Barry? I know what I would say. I'm curious what you guys would say, because a few things he's done have gone against maybe some preconceived notions about him. Well, what I would say is that you know, we, we haven't been around these guys for a long enough period of time to paint them into corners and to stereotype them as doing any certain kind of thing, a certain kind of way. So um, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, they, they come from a growth mindset. They'll, they'll do whatever they need to do uh, to, to get to the end game, which is winning a Super Bowl. And if that means you're going to give Nick Chubb double digit millions when he's 28 years old, then, you know, then you're going to do that. And if it means that you're going to play three and four wides when everybody thinks that you're 12 personnel or whatever, uh, you're going to do that. So I don't think we should have, you know, preconceived notions about these two guys and not let them out of the, the boxes we think that we put them in. I would say, I do think principles and processes win over the long term that have a way of doing business in a way that you evaluate things. And I do think Andrew Barry has that. And I do think it's analytically minded, but I do think regardless of those, you have to be open to special circumstances. And it's kind of like if you're a parent and you just, I mean, you make your kids eat their vegetables. Like you do, you don't let them eat ice cream for dinner every night or like every night you're not like, ah, I don't know. What are we eating? Should we eat ice cream for dinner? But every now and then, like if your kid, like you can tell, you know what, like they need this. That's that's an exception to the rule. A little pick me up. We'll have ice cream for dinner tonight. Right. 
but we still are a family that eats vegetables. I think the Browns still eat their vegetables, but I do think Nick Chubb, the type of player he is, the type of person he is, the way how, how loved he is, I do think he's a special circumstance. And I do think JOK, it's like, listen, well, he's a linebacker, but he's got some safety qualities. We can't believe he's still there in the second round. We got to go get him. It doesn't mean we're going to spend a bunch of money on linebackers in general, but we think he's special. I think these are two special dudes, but I still think Andrew Barry, when he sits down at the dinner table, is looking across and saying, you better eat some broccoli. And that's the way they're going to win long term. But you have to know when to break your own rules. I agree with both of you. I, I was, yeah, I mean, my whole thing was you just, you can't put Andrew Barry in a box. Like he, he does have these rules, like you said, Doug. And this team is always going to be data-driven and there's going to be an analytics element to it. And that's going to drive them and make them successful for a long time. But Andrew Barry is his own man. And I think we try to look at it and say, well, you know, maybe he's this guy or maybe he's that guy, but Andrew didn't, Andrew didn't get here by being somebody else. He got here by being really smart and understanding exactly what he wants to do. And I just think we're seeing over time through free agency, the draft through this, we're seeing a guy who's going to build this team the way he wants to build it. And he's going to do it in a smart way. Go ahead, Mary Kay. And, and remember, he was here in 2018 right. when they drafted Nick Chubb. Okay. So Nick Chubb doesn't predate Andrew Barry. Andrew Barry was, was here at that time. And, uh, you know, so he was, he was involved with that. And, uh, and I think there's something to be said for that too because you really do get attached to those players that you scout so thoroughly uh, during that time. And this was also uh, the pick that came um, from the crafty Brock, the Brock Osweiler trade, Brock Osweiler trade. So this had an element of, um, you know, it, it was a very analytics <laughs> NBA ish type deal. And they ended up with, with Nick Chubb out of it. And here they yeah. are now extending him you know I, I was I was chatting with somebody today while we were watching practice and it, it's fine when you do look at this team and how it was built it was like okay one guy did this and then the next guy came in and added this and like now you've got Andrew Barry and Nick Chubb kind of embodies all of that right that pick was the Brock Osweiler trade that Sashi Brown made John Dorsey came in he made the pick of Nick Chubb and now Andrew Barry is extending Nick Chubb so Nick Chubb is like the uniting force between all three of these front offices. Yeah. And you know who was really big on, on drafting Nick Chubb was Alonzo Highsmith. He really deserves a lot of credit too. He was, uh, he was so big into, um, into Nick and what, and what he could be. And he, you know, he succeeded expectations. You take a risk when, uh, when you draft someone that is, that had a major knee surgery like that in college, this was not just a torn ACL. You know, this was major reconstructive knee surgery that he had to battle back from. And uh, and it was a little bit of a gamble, and it's paid off tremendously. I do think in general, when you think about the moments when maybe Andrew Barry will stretch to do something that maybe isn't exactly in line with his thinking, I think it makes a lot more sense to stretch for your own guy than to stretch in free agency. And I think there have been enough times over the last year or two where there like there have been guys out there. What, who was the guy? Was it Gerald McCoy? Was that the one yeah. guy? I mean, there have been names that are like, Oh, the Browns were in it or whatever. And then it, and then they would go somewhere else. And it just felt like, well, like they ended up getting a number that like the Browns just weren't going to go to. They were interested at this price, but not that price. Even Clowney. It's like, obviously they were in on Clowney for so long, Mary Kay. Right. But they ended up only doing it 
at a price that made a ton of sense for the Browns. They didn't really stretch that much. If you stretch every now and then for your own guy, because like Nick Chubb, you know everything about Nick Chubb, right? That, that That's just, again, that's when I think it makes sense to do that. And a lot of the other time, there's still going to be moments in Andrew, and this is going to be good. There are going to be moments when fans want him to make a move that they're not going to make because he's not going to go an extra million or two on that. Cause it just, that's not what they're going to do. And in the long term, that's going to be good for them. But this is where you do what you have to do to get it done. And again, like that, just, I just think it's, we could have done a 20 second podcast. Great for both sides. Nick Chubbs a Brown, right? I mean, it's just, there's not good. And there's going to be another podcast, right? One day when they don't stretch for one of their own guys, cause it's not the exact perfect thing. And they go, they leave and fans are going to be like, what? And it's like, you can't do it every time, but this was absolutely a time to do it. Okay. Before we go here, call your shot. It's uh, some random Saturday night or whatever, Thursday night, whatever it is, some random night. And we're getting on zoom for an emergency podcast about an extension. Who's the next one? Denzel. Doug. I mean, I think when you're talking about special circumstances where more than just play on the field lines up, Denzel's another one where that fits, right? It just, we said this makes so much sense that it was Nick Chubb. It would make so much sense for the next one to be Denzel Ward because it would just like break your heart to think of them not together. And I think both sides want it. So I agree with Mary Kay. I, I think Denzel. But to be different, I'm going to say there's just this, when I was thinking of asking this before, I, I actually asked, there was this nagging feeling in the back of my mind that maybe, just maybe it's going to be Baker. So I'll just say Baker, just to switch it up. Mm-hmm. I'll, and, I'll throw one. I'll, I'll shoot my shot. I mean, it could be, it could be, but I, I keep thinking when you have two other quarterbacks in the class that are also, also about to get paid, um, you know, you kind of want to, know what those amounts are going to be or have some kind of an idea so that you are not getting underpaid. You know, you you have to be careful about that. He doesn't have the same credentials as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson right now. So, you know, just on paper, it would seem that he's not worth as much as they are, but I think we can all agree that, you know, that those three can all probably be uh, in the same ballpark. Right. I mean, right now it seems like those guys are a little bit above Baker, but are they really? I mean, we don't know. We'll have a better idea, you know, a few games into the season. That's why I think it could end up going that way. But, um, but yeah, I'm going to stick with Denzel just because I, I think that Baker is more complicated and it's going to set your, you know, salary structure for a long time. Denzel's just a little easier. Can I ask a question before we go? Yeah. Because again, I, I was not the finances guy. And I know you guys <laughs> talked about this many, many times. In the end, three years for 12.2 average over those three years. Is that about what you guys thought? Like, and was and if if you were off, was what was more surprising? The 12.2 a year or the three years? My first, my prediction was maybe he would want a little more than Derrick Henry. So what I want to say, maybe I was thinking four years, 14 million. What would that be? Would that be 50, 56 or something? I don't know. Yeah. Somewhere, somewhere just a little bit ahead of Derrick Henry, but not at like the top of the running back market. So that was sort of where I had predicted. So 
I'm not super surprised it came in at, at about Derrick Henry's number. I thought maybe he'd ask to maybe set that market for the runners. Um, so I had it in that 12 to 14 million range. Yeah, this is, this is about, this is a, about what I would have thought. This is exactly about where I would have thought this would come in. And once again, the amount, you know, the amount of years, you know, makes it, makes it feasible. So I just think it makes so much sense. We had talked, we had talked a long time about how, uh, that it would be a shorter deal, right? I mean, we've been pretty vocal about that on this pod that, that a shorter deal would probably make more sense for the Browns than a really long deal, uh, where you're trying to pay a guy double digit millions in their year 30 or, you know, 29 for most of the year. Okay. There you go. Our emergency podcast, Nick Chubb agrees to terms on an extension, uh, a pretty good one for both sides. As we discussed three years, $36 million for certainly a fan favorite and a guy that I know Browns. So this, this is a great night for Browns fans and, and really a, a great night for the Browns. And we'll probably get an official signing here in the next couple of days. And we'll probably get to actually hear from Nick maybe on Monday when the Browns are back at practice. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Cleveland.com slash Browns is where you can get it. Be a football insider subscriber. Blue banner at the top of the page is where you can sign up. Hug and Mary Kay. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. Fun.